Welcome to the Flying Reporter Pilot Briefing Podcast, your roundup of the key aviation information that you need to keep on top of your flying. In these updates, I bring you news and information from the UK Aviation Regulator, changes to policy and law, I look into recent air accident investigation findings and know any themes coming out of the Airprox board. I do the hard work so you don't have to. And crucially, my aim is to not just tell you what's changed, but also to help you understand those changes. So let's get stuck in. On today's pilot briefing, we talk about a potential threat to the safety of your flight that often isn't shown on the aviation charts. How up to date is your radio telephony? Another iteration of the UK's radio telephony manual has just come out, but is your RT still compliant? What's changed since you last read CAP 413? And it seems that housing developers aren't the only threat to our dwindling number of GA airfields. A new issue is looming on the horizon. Hello, I'm John Hunt and welcome to the podcast. And for those of you watching this on video, the pilot briefing is now in its new home on the Flying Reporter Pilot Briefing Room channel. If you're not subscribed to this channel yet, please go ahead and do that now to make sure you don't miss out on one of my updates. The reason why it's now here and not on the main channel, it's an, it's an algorithm thing, a YouTube algorithm thing, and it would take me quite a long time to explain. And don't forget that the Flying Reporter Pilot Briefing podcast is available actually as a podcast. You can even ask your smart, smart, bleh, smart speaker to play it. Just say, play the Flying Reporter podcast and up it will come. Uh, it's available on uh, all the usual uh, podcasting platforms. So if you're away from home or you're driving and you want something to listen to and to keep up to date with, tune into the podcast on Spotify or Apple or whatever it is that you, uh, you listen to your podcasts on. The Flying Reporter Pilot Briefing podcast is brought to you in association with Astral Aviation Consulting, your trusted source of general aviation safety resources. The podcast is also sponsored by the Business Clubhouse, the business coach that helps you to build the business and lifestyle that you want. So let's start today with a lesser known and probably misunderstood hazard to the safety of your flights. And there's a chance that you've actually put yourself at risk without even knowing it. We worry a lot at the moment about drones. Uh, generally speaking, though, most drones being flown around are pretty lightweight, about 250 grams at, at most. And most of these should be flying below 400 feet. Those that are a potential hazard to aviation are generally notified through the NOTAM system. But what if I told you that there were other unmanned objects weighing as much as 150 kilograms buzzing around the sky as high as 1500 feet. And they're not NOTAMed, nor are these sites where these fly from on the aeronautical charts. I suspect you're a bit surprised because I was. Well, we're talking here about model aircraft. And let me start say at this point, I really absolutely am not against model aircraft, model aircraft flyers or drones. As it goes, I fly a drone myself, so I really am not against it. The reason why I'm talking about this today is because the director of the UK Airprox board has just raised the issue. Their comments follow an Airprox or a near miss between a model aeroplane and a formation of red and white Hawk jets at a height of around 1,000 feet in Leicestershire last summer. A formation of red and white Hawk jets. I wonder what they could be. I 
can't possibly say. The Airprox board didn't say, but I think we can possibly guess who that was. Now, the model aircraft pilot was flying their model jet at a fly-in held at the British Model Flying Association's National Centre at Buckminster in June 2023. The formation of Hawk jets were on a routine transit flight from Waddington to Shawbury. There was a NOTAM in place warning of a UAS swarm, that's kind of a drone of swarms, a drone of swarms, a swarm of drones, up to a height of 600 feet. The pilot of the Hawk or their representative actually telephoned the, no, the number on the NOTAM and was told uh, by the person at the end of the phone that the activity NOTAMed wasn't taking place that day. They were though advised to check another NOTAM that supposedly reported the flight of model aircraft at the same location. However, that NOTAM had expired two weeks earlier. At 13.48 UTC, which is about 10 to 3 in the afternoon, British summertime, as the jet model aircraft was flying east at 1,000 feet, an observer on the ground alerted the pilot to the formation of Hawk jets heading in an opposite direction and at about the same height. The observer shouted to the model aircraft pilots, telling them to get down low. The pilot forced their model aircraft into a steep, almost vertical dive down to a height of about 50 feet. As they did so, they then saw the rear of the Hawk formation pass. The model aircraft pilot believed that the two aircraft missed each other by 100 feet vertically and 400 meters horizontally, which is darn close. The formation of Hawk jets were unaware of the near miss until they were contacted some days later, I would have assumed, by the Airprox board. Now, it turns out that the NOTAM about the model aircraft activity uh, was not renewed when it expired in compliance with the UK NOTAM rules because the location of the model aircraft site is permanently listed in the AIP. So stuff that is in the AIP permanently, apparently shouldn't be reiterated or reminded in NOTAMs. And because model aircraft sites aren't shown on the VFR charts to avoid clutter, pilots would have absolutely no way of knowing about this hazard unless they had read the AIP from cover to cover. And of course we all do that. According to the director of the Airprox board, there are actually 23 model aircraft sites in the UK where model aircraft weighing up to 25 kilograms are authorised for flight above 400 feet. There are other sites where flights of 150 kilogram model aircraft are approved up to a height of 1500 feet. Not that the weight or type of the aircraft are published anywhere, it seems. So the Airprox board has recommended that the weight and size information be added to the AIP listings and that these sites are included on the military VFR charts and on the military radar screens. But there are no recommendations currently about including the sites on the charts that you and I use. So for us, I don't quite know how to go forward with this information. Um, there's a good chance I'd say that I've probably overflown one of these sites myself and not known about it. And I know my way around the UK AIP, but I've never really drilled down into this sort of detail before unless I'm looking for something specific. I suppose if you were worried about this issue and you routinely flew between uh, below 1500 feet, you could go and find that list in the AIP. It's in the en route section 5.5. And you could mark those sites on your chart manually. It wouldn't be too difficult, I suppose, to mark a custom waypoint on Skydemon 2 if you wanted to. 
One thing I think that is heartening about this though is that the model flyers in this case were keeping a really good lookout and listen out for regular sized aircraft and as soon as the Hawks were spotted and heard they took immediate avoiding action. And I think that's one thing that I take away from this. How would I approach this in future? Well, I think, you know, I'm not going to be able to see and avoid a small drone or a small model aircraft, maybe even one of these 150 kilogram ones I might not see. But I sort of take faith in the fact that these modelers um, are looking out for us. And actually that makes sense. Um, if you want to read the full Airprox report from this incident, it's Airprox number 2023-116. Coming up next, are you up to date with the latest radio telephony phrases? First though, the Pilot Briefing podcast is sponsored by the Business Clubhouse. The Business Clubhouse is more than just a business coach. It exists to help you build the business and lifestyle that you want. If it's more money you want, they'll help you with that. If it's working fewer hours, they'll come up with a strategy for you. Or if you want your business to be less stressful, they'll do whatever it takes to help you succeed. Since leaving my full-time job at the BBC, the Business Clubhouse has been helping me to get the right work-life balance and to make what I do here on YouTube a business success. If you're looking for growth or change in your business, check out the Business Clubhouse today. So radio telephony and the latest iteration of the UK radio telephony manual was published in the last couple of weeks. Strangely, it was withdrawn again within days by the CAA and who knows what's going on. I have written to them and asked them what's going on and are they going to republish it? I haven't heard back from them at the point of recording this. I presume they found an error in the document after publishing it. But I suspect it will be back on their website before long. If you haven't read CAP413 for a while, when it comes back out, it probably is a good idea to go and have a look at it because the compliant radio telephony phrases that you were taught when you got your license all those years ago have probably changed. In my case, they definitely have changed. Um, the contents of the initial call are a bit different from when I learned to fly and how we respond to traffic information is a little different as well. I was able to take a look at the latest edition before the CAA pulled it. Uh, it isn't vastly different. The changes won't affect everyone. When I say it isn't different, it isn't different from the last edition, which came out about three years ago. Um, it is a bit different from the ones before that. But I think it is a good idea to get across the changes. Uh, the changes include the naming of PBN approaches and the radio telephony to be used for instrument approaches at airfields with an air ground communication service. There are also new phrases controllers and FISOs will use if they have one of those flight information traffic displays in the tower. There are new codes and condition reports that are now used in ATIS broadcasts to describe the runway condition. And there are some rules on what to say and do in radio mandatory zones. Despite our best intentions, many of us are perhaps guilty of sometimes using the old phrases that are now out of date or perhaps, dare I say it, falling into traps or bad habits using incorrect phrases like copied the weather or looking for traffic or keeping a good lookout. Maybe even land my discretion, which is one of my bugbears. They're all no-nos. So here are the phrases you should be using instead. If you've been given traffic information, so for example, Gulf India Victor traffic uh, uh, 12 o'clock, uh, same altitude opposite direction, the correct response is either 
golf in no traffic <laughs> i better get it right and i'm going to get crucified uh, traffic in sight golf india victor or traffic not sighted golf india victor if you're past weather maybe you've asked for a report on i don't know the 2k's weather and it comes through the correct response is roger golf india victor or if of course they've uh, told you a, a q and h i think you've got to read that back haven't you at an aerodrome with a flight information service when told to land or take off at your discretion, the correct reply would be Roger, landing runway 06, Golf Indy Victor, or taking off runway 06, Golf Indy Victor. Don't say land my discretion, Golf Indy Victor. I cringe every time I hear it. And do remember that there are items that are mandatory for you to read back. Um, I mentioned altimeter settings just now, but um, I recently hear, I regularly hear pilots on Lars frequencies, especially Farnborough radar um, being reminded to read back the type of service they've been given i.e a basic service or a traffic service very often you know some of those clearances to cross controlled airspace uh, can be quite long or the response to your initial call can be quite long and you forget you know you've got the squawk code the altimeter setting um, you know remain outside controlled airspace basic service quite a lot of information and, and so often pilots forget to read back the service they've been given and Farnborough Radar particularly are very hot on that. And they will certainly tell you if you haven't read back the service you've been given. So like I said, I know that I've let my RT slip a little in recent years. Um, Nigel up at Anglian Flight Centres is always tearing me off a strip about my radio telephone. And I thought I was quite good. If you're starting to fall into bad habits too, go and look up CAP413 for yourself. Uh, but make sure that you are reading the current version, edition. 24. Like I say, it's been pulled at the time of me recording this, the CAA has pulled it for some unknown reason. I'm sure it will, will be back soon, probably by the time this video goes out. So go and look up CAP 413 edition 24. As you know, these pilot briefings are made in association with Astral Aviation Consulting, the CAA's provider of safety resources and workshops for general aviation pilots. And there's another workshop coming up that you might be interested in. It's a good one. On the 20th of March, the Astral team is running a free online session on practice forced landings. Chris, Matt and Nigel will explore the nuances of practice forced landings, or PFLs as they're known, how to handle them, what examiners look for on the test and to get some top tips from the team. These workshops are very popular and they're brilliant. Sign up for the free workshop using the link on your screen or in my show notes or video description, or just go and visit the Astral Aviation Consulting website and click on upcoming events. Finally for today, we talk once again about threats to aerodromes and the General Aviation Awareness Council says that the threat of housing developments isn't the only concern. The GAAC says it's representing a large number of airfields that are potentially affected by a planned new electricity pylon route between John O'Groats in Scotland to Tilbury on the Thames east of London. Now, the National Grid is planning several new cable routes as part of the government's plan to achieve net zero emissions by 2050 and thus a boost to energy generation from offshore wind farms. The problem is that the existing electricity grid apparently lacks the capacity to transmit this renewable energy across the country to the places where it's needed. Several airfields in Scotland, East Anglia and Northumbria have apparently expressed concern about the proximity of the new cables and pylons to existing runways and airfield circuits. 
The issue has been on the cards for some time, I know, but according to the GAAC, the National Grid will soon submit its formal development consent order application for East Anglia. I think that's coming up in December this year. And it's got a plan for the North Humber to High Marnham leg that comes out in 2026. The GAAC says it stands ready to support airfields when the plans are finally submitted. And if you know uh, that this route passes by any airfields near, near you, let the airfield know and also uh, ask the GAAC for advice. Well, that completes this edition of the Pilot Briefing podcast. These briefings are available advert-free, by the way, to my Supporters Club members. Members of the club also get a monthly written briefing of regulation changes and news from me. Actually, they also include other things that I've spotted that I put in the briefings and haven't been able to put on the video here for time. Uh, they also get an enhanced discount now of up to 20% off qualifying purchases at Pooley's flight equipment. Uh, remember, as a regular viewer to the channel and the podcast uh, listener, you can get up to 5% off uh, qualifying purchases at Poolies. You just use my discount code TFR and that uh, discount will click in if it's an eligible purchase. Like I say, Supporters Club members can now get up to 20% off, so that's a really good perk. Uh, supporters also get access to a range of bonus and behind-the-scenes content. Go and browse what's available now over on the Flying Reporter website. I often get asked, well, haven't you done a video on this or could you not do a video on that? Chances are I've already done it and it's over on the uh, Supporters Club channel. Uh, I'm also on Patreon as well, so you can go over to my Patreon page and join up there. Right, thank you for watching. Please like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you need to do to make sure that you don't miss the next episode. Until I see you or hear you or speak to you next time, fly safely, my friends. Bye for now.